Greetings, ghouls. Uh, This is Mondo from the Dads from the Crypt podcast, which you probably know because either you clicked on the YouTube link or you clicked on our podcast on your favorite podcast app. First of all, if you're watching on video, I'm going to apologize for the state of my face here because I just spent two hours getting smashed in jujitsu and it's just not good for the skin, I'll be honest. So if you're thinking about starting up, just know that you're going to look like a mess sometimes. Um, This past week, Jody and I had the honor of attending the Chattanooga Film Festival in person. We had an excellent time, got to meet some really great people. We saw some great features and shorts, and we really just got to enjoy the city of Chattanooga and what it had to offer. Additionally, uh, Dads from the Crypt was asked to contribute to their virtual programming, and we got to do a live virtual episode with them, uh, which you're going to listen to here shortly. We also did facilitate the Al Katz and Gil Adler, Bradello of Blood Q&A for their How to Make a Movie podcast, which if you're not listening to that, you should be. It's fantastic. If you can't make it in person, please think about picking up a virtual badge for next year where you can enjoy, again, a lot of great movies and really cool special events like a live Q&A with Gil and Al. And um, there was uh, Grady Hendrix was there. Uh, just some really, really cool events. And you're also supporting independent filmmaking and independent cinema, which is very, very important. Uh, so shout out again to the Chattanooga Film Festival and Chris, the, pretty much the man in charge who puts this amazing festival together, together every year. Um, big shout out to him and thank you for um, everything you did for us. Before we get into the podcast, I also want to mention that Dads from the Crypt just passed its two-year anniversary. In a couple weeks, we're going to have a really fun episode to celebrate our 100th episode. But on behalf of myself, Jody, Jason, we just want to thank everyone for listening and for subscribing to us and uh, just for you know interacting with us on social media. It really uh, warms our hearts. And also a thank you to all the guests we've had on over the past couple of years. Um, we couldn't do it without all you guys. Uh, we would realistically do this podcast if no one listened to it but the fact that all of you do is really humbling and really does warm our hearts so from the bottom of my heart and i speak for uh, all the the crypt dads here um thank you thank you so much now on with the show hello kitties welcome to dads from the crypt Boys and ghouls of Chattanooga Film Festival, welcome to Dads from the Crypt. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by Jody. Hello. And Mondo. Hello. And tonight, we will be reviewing our list of the best Tales from the Crypt episodes. But before we get we begin, let me tell you a little bit about Dads from the Crypt. We are three spooky dads who are reviewing Tales from the Crypt episodes, along with other horror anthology movies. We also interview people who have worked on the show and movies, the show and movies, including actors like John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, William Sadler, and directors like Bob Gale, Ernest Dickerson, 
Stephen Hopkins, and producers like William Teitler, Al Katz, and Gil Adler. We also discuss a variety of topics such as music, usually of the metal variety, horror movie news, and we end each episode with some dad advice. And finally, we also have a Patreon for bonus content, including our reviews of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. Now, before we begin, um, I lost my space. We can edit that out. Now, before we begin, we get, sorry. Now, before we get to the episode ranking, let me say that we are all passionate fans here. Our opinions are our own. They do not invalidate yours. If you disagree, that's okay. But we just ask everyone to be respectful. Now, for the methodology tonight's, we are following the format that the Bloody Good Horror uh, podcast uses and that we also used for our Nightmare on Elm Street series ranking episode where we um, ranked each of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So what we did is all three of us made up our top 10 list and then I uh, gave each position a weighted number. So our number one episode got 10 points, our number two episode got nine points and so on. I tallied uh, how many points each episode got, and that's how we came to this list. So without further ado, we're going to talk about our honorable mentions. For the most part, these are ones that each of us ranked usually on the bottom half of our episode that no one else um, listed. And, and to say one thing about this, uh, with Tales from the mm-hmm. Crypt, with so many episodes, if you ask yes. me for another list 10 days from now, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be different. I'm sure oh, yeah. they'll definitely be overlapped, don't get me wrong, but... Sometimes it depends on my mood. Am I in a, a feisty mood or a, or, or a uh, playful mood? We don't know. Right, right. Yeah, these there's you know, and you, and you know this ninety episodes. Yeah, and as 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 I talk to people about this and I've chatted on the Discord stuff, there's actually a lot of people who even big time horror fans who haven't seen a lot of Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. So if if that's you, consider this a primer. Like this is yes. like if you're trying to figure out like I want to get into this. First off. There's no like streaming available because rights issues, but they're they're on the internet, they're on YouTube, and you can buy the DVDs if you want to do that. But uh, you know, if you haven't seen them, these are some good ones to check out. Maybe a good place to start uh, for a mm-hmm. newbie. Yes, and these may be just our opinions, but you know, we do have the producers on regularly, so maybe our opinions are worth more than everyone else's. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, Jason's saying that's just our opinions. I'm just saying maybe maybe I just we're don't more. Yeah, I still want to get a flame more in any comments. Actually, I think there was an episode recently that all three of us were kind of like, "Yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was okay." And then Al Katz was like, "That episode sucked." <laughs> well, yeah, it's different when you're the one making it versus the one watching. It. Also, yeah. when you're watching these episodes on the regular clip, like we are, we're comparing them a lot more to the ones that can't that are like coming out at the same time. So if you're cherry picking the best of, it's a little different than just watching it straight through. That's right. Very true. And and we should mention, we, we haven't actually finished watching all of them, right? Yeah. We're, so we're, just we're, we're in season seven right now. I just feel pretty safe in saying none of our top ten are going to come from season seven. Yeah, that, that's a great point because one of the questions we get asked the most are which are your favorite episodes? And we've kind of declined from doing that a little bit. But, yeah, we're about to start the last season, which is generally considered not great. Um, so if any of our, any of these top, any of these, uh, seven season episodes crack into our top 10, I'd be very surprised. And then we'll just redo the episode yeah. for next year at Chattanooga Film Festival. All right. So again, I'm, we're just going to do some quick, all mentions. So I'm just going to go through each of you kind of put that kind of didn't make the top 10. 
So Jody, your honorable mentions were What's Cooking, Undertaking Parlor, Lower Birth, and Split Second. Um, yeah. Are any of those you want to uh, defend? Oh, I mean, yeah, I like every single one of those. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say that any of those probably could be on my list on any, on any given week. Yeah. Those are all good episodes. Especially okay, What's so, Cooking. That's a hard That's a hard one not to put on. But yeah, Quick rundown. What's Cooking is excellent. It's got Christopher Reeve in it. Uh, just a, a fun episode with a little bit of mild cannibalism. Um, split second to me, even though I, I think when we actually did the episode, I was by far the most positive about it. But for me, it feels like quintessential tales from the crypt. There's like a scheming woman who's, you know, trying to get money. There's a jealous husband. And then there's gory revenge. Like it's everything that I think of when I think of tales from the crypt. It, it's not my favorite, but it's Joe Pesci. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, that, that's a different one. Oh, yeah. This, uh, th- this, this one's the, the one with blogger. the yeah, this is the one with oh, the lumberjacks. Yes, yeah, sorry. You're speaking. It was a split personality. Some something split. Yeah, no, that, that's another one too. Yes, yeah, sorry. That's, that's another great one. That's another great one. Yeah. Um, what else I have? Lower birth. Lower birth. It gives us the origin mm. of the crypt keeper. It has a lot yep. of fun monsters. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a Kevin Yeager episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Yeager. So you get good special effects and cool monsters. Mm. So yeah, every single one of those I stand by. I think they're great episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do understand why they did not make the top. Oh, what was the other? Undertaking Parlor? Undertaking Parlor, yeah. That's the one with the uh, kids. Yes. Uh, That's a fun doing one. Doing the like found footagey type thing. With Oscar Very winner cool. um, Keon. What's that? Oh, with um, the guy from every, Everywhere, Everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah, you've Oscar. got the. the at, at the time, I would have known him as like short round or right. from the Goonies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now he's like a you know big famous actor. But it was a really cool episode. And one of the earlier found footage things I think I've seen, like other than like Cannibal Holocaust or something. And but, very well done, too. It's kind of got a cool vibe to it as well, because what always takes me out of found footage is my uh, suspension of disbelief sometimes like Cloverfield. Yeah. I love Cloverfield, but if I had to jump across two buildings, I'm not carrying a camera with me. Like that's no. just not going to happen. <laughs> but in that they did a really good job with the way they did the cameras. And plus being kids, yeah. super excited about new technology, like, and not realizing or understanding the repercussions of what their actions could be. It made it. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that episode a lot. Yeah. yeah it, it felt very Goonies ish. Yes. too. Like because of the like gang of kids coming together and, you know, dealing with horrific things they've seen. And that's another one that's got some like really gross effects with it too. And, I, I like that. One and if I remember correctly, we get asked a lot about what horror movie should I show my kids? That's one I think that you could watch with your kids and it'd be, it'd be yeah. a fun one. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mondo, your honorable mentions are Forever Ambigree, uh, oh, The yeah. Ventriloquist Dummy, uh, Morning Mess, Until Death. Oh, yeah. All those are great. Like The fact you guys didn't have them on your list is just bullshit. Like, I'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can rib each other about this. Yeah, um, every, every single one of those was in my honorable mentions, though. Just mm-hmm. yeah, they, 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 if we did a top 20, those would all get hit, too. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes pick a lot on the ones that just as we've gone through these episodes, some of the ones that I've loved rewatching are the ones I remember when I was a kid. I remember mm-hmm. watching yes. them late at night, and um, like Forever Ambergris, for instance. Just come on, Steve Buscemi, and and the, uh, the awesome effects in that. Just I can. Yeah. That's an episode I'll never get out of my head. Um, so yeah, all I, those candles. 
Yeah, all the uh, all the candles and the the, the sensual, the sensual, the the, the open door love making with friends mm-hmm. in your apartment. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, again, it's is it, it's all it's all a matter of taste, right? When you go through this many episodes, you're gonna have a bunch that we're not gonna agree on. But like 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 much like Jody's honorable mentions, I wouldn't say any of those episodes is a bad episode. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't disagree with a single one of them, and I'm pretty sure you feel the same way about mine. And if you don't, you're just you have no taste. There you go. <laughs> All right, mine were uh, Dig That Cat, Skin Deep. I think that's really only two. I, I, I'll be honest, uh, Dig That Cat's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's a great episode. I'm actually surprised, though. I'm the only person that put a Ventriloquist Dummy on there. It was so close. It, yeah, that that was like a split-second decision and for me. You know, it's funny. I can't Ooh. even remember if I gave all these fives or not. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to go back and look and see how yeah, we were yeah, these are just sure. how they stuck with me. Yeah, because sometimes in the moment, right? Like, how many times has there, has there been a movie? The first time you watch it, you're like, "That's okay," but then it just sticks in your brain, and you watch mm-hmm. it again and again and again. It turns into being one of your favorites. Uh, Step Brothers is that for me? First time I yeah. watch it, I'm like, "That's pretty funny." Now I watch that movie like once a month, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I think so. I think over time, yeah, your opinions will definitely change. Yeah. So yeah, dig that. It's one of those things where like we have you have to have at least one of the three original episodes. Oh. And, like everyone is like either dig that cat person, all through the house person, or man who was death person. And it's like, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. And dig that cat. It's just it's such a great ending. And uh, Joey Pants, Robert Wall is just so good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and the other one I have is Skin Deep, which again is another one I I very very uh, vividly remember watching. It's just. When maybe one of the first erotic thrillers I saw when I was a kid, mm. like of that form, and that just really that had an impression on me. Yeah, that's that's one thing we've never discussed here. You know, what erotic thrillers should I, should I show my child? <laughs> <laughs> are they ready for the Emmanuel series yet? Yeah, we, you know, we, it was more of a basic instinct thing with an eight year old. You know, what are you what are you going to watch? <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> All right, but now let's get to our top ten. So what I did was I chose whoever had the. This episode ranked the highest. We'll be the one to talk about it. Oh, God. Um, and actually, for number 10, we have a tie. So technically, it's our top 11 list, but it's because we tied. So you get a little bonus. Um, let's see. I'm going to start us off with uh, Dead Right. This is the uh, Demi Moore episode oh, yeah. uh-huh. to start off season two. And um, this is a lot like the Emma Thompson episode. But just you can t- instantly tell that they've gone a little bit higher budget, a little higher production standards. Um, and this is Demi Moore, right? Which is she's like really hitting her stride. And uh, you've got s- such a great twist that like you're like, damn, at the end, like that, <laughs> that just really hits you. And um, great acting, some good gore effects, um, some good makeup effects mm-hmm. to make. Um, I can't remember, I can never pronounce his last name, but Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tamborn, um, to make him into a larger gentleman. Um, and it's just, it's a very classic episode. That's just one like, if you're oh, his, episodes like, this is the template for Tales in the Crypt, that's one of the ones I'd put there. And his character in that, it's not just him being big. Like, that's, that's part yeah. of it. But he is so gross in that episode. Like, he's such a disgusting human like being. His personality is gross. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It, it doesn't feel like it's fat phobic or anything like that. No, it, no, it, no. It's, no. It's just, more so he's just a, not a good person. He's just awful. And he's a gross he's person. Awful. He's not a good person, yeah. And right. Demi Moore's character isn't a good person either, but yeah. he's just kind of... Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing for Tales, right? Yeah. Like, good people are few and far well, between it, Tales episodes. And that's what really makes that episode with the twist, is that they both get what they deserve. 
Mm-hmm. They really do. Like it is a, it is a yes, a, a bit of a tale of morality, as you can say. Mm. Hmm. All right. Moving on, Jody, you picked Abracadaver. Oh, good one. Oh yeah, that's a really cool one. The Stephen uh, Hopkins episode. Yeah. And if I remember right, the, most of that's first person, right? Like mm-hmm. at least through a lot of it, well, you're seeing you know, through a character's the, yeah. eyes. At least, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're seeing through this character's eyes. And there's a great, like the twist in that one is so, so perfect. And there's actually a couple twists in that. Like it kind of twists mm-hmm. one way, then twists back another way. Uh, really cool concept. I like the twist a lot. And the, just it's, it's a good episode. It's, it's acted well. Uh, yeah, I got nothing bad to say about that one. I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but it just always cracks me up in one of the POV shots. You can see the boom mic coming into the screen at one point. I always find it funny. Because when you're doing POV, the thing about POV shots is you don't quite know where to focus your eyes some of the times. You're just searching the screen to figure out what you're supposed to be focused on. So when there's a mistake like that, it's even more noticeable. I mean, the reality is... endearing. I'd say probably, you know, half the things I love have a boom mic appearing in it somewhere. So... Maybe maybe that's one of the things that makes me love it. Hey, it just it has that you know kind of homegrown feel yeah. to it. Low budget yeah. is always endearing, mm-hmm. except yeah. for when it's this terrible shot on video. But that's another story for another day. Yeah. Some of that stuff is. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Jody, you actually have the next two. Um, oh wow! First up is fitting punishment. Oh man! Yeah, that is such a good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the. Okay, so this one is directed by uh, the guy who did Nightmare on Elm Street 2, right? Jack Shoulder, who we have an interview with. Jack Shoulder, yep. Really cool guy. Yeah. Uh, So the direction's really good. It's the first Tales episode with a predominantly black cast. And uh, you get, again, it's just one of the most despicable characters ever committed to film. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an uncle, and he is just the absolute worst human. And so when bad things happen to him, you feel good about it. It makes you happy to see him go down. And again, another one with great effects. It is set in a morgue. And so uh, you get to see the whole like embalming process take place. And it is nasty. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you'll, you'll see a theme with mine that I do like the nastier ones a lot of times. <laughs> I like the gross <laughs> effects and stuff. And this one definitely does that. Like I, something about the the morgue mortuary thing where they're doing like actual things. Like it's not someone's head exploding or skin melting. It's, it's squirm inducing. Like it, I, I remember watching that one. Like, Ugh. I've always said this. Some of the best effects or best gags in any kind of horror film is when it's something you can kind of relate to. Yeah. Uh, did you guys ever see the masters of horror episode imprint? Um, yeah. Like case? Oh, yeah. When they're putting the needles under her fingernails, mm-hmm. like everyone's gotten a splinter under their fingernail or something like that. So you can just, feel like mm-hmm. it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it it's like with, with the mortuary scene i think i think mortuary scenes are always very uh, they kind of hit you in a different place because one day guess what we're all gonna be on that slab someday mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. probably me before you guys but it's uh it, but it makes you yeah, just, you're the yeah. youngest so we'll see yeah. that's true that's true well yeah I'm, I, and also with that episode too uh, a very very great protagonist a very likable protagonist mm-hmm. that you really want you really want to root for yeah, so there's no good people, but he's actually a, no, a decent he's, guy. He's a good like, one. He's yeah. a good one. And this is a good example of where they take. It's actually the story is relatively the same as the comic because that's one thing we do in our mm-hmm. episodes is that we compare it to the comics. 
So the, the very spine of the story is the same, but they put it, but it takes place in this kind of old Victorian setting, mm-hmm. but putting it in uh, a more contemporary in a uh, very African-American uh, community um, gives a whole extra color mm-hmm. that really brings it to life. And that's, yeah. I think, one of the things that we value very much when going through these is when they can enhance from the comics, like keep the essence yeah. and keep the basics of the comics, but give it that splash of excitement that really pops it off. Yeah, a lot of my favorite episodes are the ones where it does stick more with the comic story, but just kind of adds to it or updates it or whatever. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many that take the title and don't have anything to do with the comic, and those are fine. There's some great episodes yeah. like that. But I, the ones that I really just love a lot of times are the ones that I can look at the comic and read one version of the story and then watch the episode and get the same story just with some twists and changes in it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one for that. All right. Number eight is House of Horror. Jody, you get to go again. All right. So I like this one a lot. Uh, it's got, um, oh, shoot. I just blanked on the names. Oh, that's a great uh, cast. There's uh, Kevin cast. Dillon. Thank you. Will Wheaton. Uh, it's well, a, yeah, a Kevin Dillon, Will Wheaton. Uh, you've got uh, a, a woman who's Patton's Oswald's wife. Oh, Meredith, uh, uh, Meredith Salinger. Salling, Salling, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, great cast. It's I, I have a soft spot for, like, college set horror or, like, fraternity stuff. Mm-hmm. I was in a fraternity, but nothing like this. Mm-hmm, like, Jody, uh-huh. it's just some, no, nothing, no, no, nothing no, you can this, legally this talk is, about. <laughs> this is the fun kind of like it reminds me of like uh like revenge of the nerds a little bit little, yeah blast. i love those movies I, you know problematic as they are now but I, oh. I love those movies as a kid uh it reminds me of stuff like night of the demons you yeah, know where very you night get of the demons. like you know a teenage or teenage college cast and uh it, it, Good twist at the end i mean it's it's not the most innovative episode but it's that very much that comfort horror like, mm-hmm. I've seen Night of the Demons 2 more times than I can count because it's one that I'm, you know, it's late at night. I'm feeling a little tired or stressed. I'm going to put on Night of the Demons 2 because I love yeah. it. It makes me happy. And that's the same kind of vibe I get from this episode. You get all the fraternity stuff. You get the asshole who is, you know, kind of the leader of the guys. You get revenge against those guys. It's it's just a fun. And it's a haunted house. And, and Kevin mm-hmm. Dillon is such a great asshole. He yeah, is. He plays such a good. He, he's got a great face for. Like, he that, that's a guy who just I can just never take him as a uh, honorable mm-hmm. character. He just just the way he looks. He's probably the nicest yeah. person, but um, he just has that look to him. Like you just don't want him to succeed in anything in life. <laughs> and this was a uh, Bob Gale episode. Um, oh yeah. We have, we have a again again we have an interview with him. He's a great guy. He has a really fun time with this. He has some great stories about working with that young cast. And I think Kevin Dillon got arrested during the shooting. And, oh, maybe he's not a know. nice guy. Well, what I think he was just like driving while tired or something like that. I don't know. I, I, don't, yeah, mm, um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've, I've done but, some driving while tired that was worse than anything I could have done while under any other kind of influence. So you know, I, I get it. Driving while tired, it's a bad idea. Dad get, advice. Can you get arrested for being for driving while tired? I if, guess if you're driving erratically. Driving erratically, maybe. I mean, you got pulled. I can't. I mean, I, I my, my worst car wreck. I've I don't remember the story verbatim, but he got in some trouble for that. Yeah. The worst fa- car wreck I've ever been in. I fell like, asleep behind the wheel oh, on the interstate. So, mm. uh, I've definitely seen people driving before episode. and woken up like, oh, 
shit, I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. No, I woke up because the hood of my car flew up. That's a rude awakening. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Don't do that. Bad but advice. You, Take a nap. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's off, good. Five-hour energy drink. Uh, but nap. um but yeah. you can tell sometimes when the cat you know the cast is having fun behind the scenes oh, yeah. yeah um this is definitely one where about the, i think they're having a blast with it all right the next one is for me this is the new arrival this is um was it robert wagner mm-hmm. um who recently passed away which is you know a real bummer great actor um and zelda rubinstein and oh, this is yeah. the episode that when i saw it with a kid scared the shit out of me to the point where I like, I had to sleep with the lights on. I was probably in middle school. Like I'm not like a kid kid. I was, you know, probably around bar mitzvah age. I'll put it that way. And I was like, this is the, I think this is the scariest episode of tales. For me, at least that's a great one. That that was very, very close for me. That's a, I love that episode. Yeah. Um, it just, it's so, it's kind of nihilistic, but it's also kind of funny. Like now watching it, it's funny, but also it's really dark. Um, that they pretty much abducted the psychiatrist and they're just going to keep him there, and that's how it ends. Oh, it's definitely it's one of those episodes, especially watching the age you watch it at. You saw it at the perfect time to be freaked out by this one because, yeah, it's like, of course, you know, what 26 years, seven, eight years in hindsight, we've mm-hmm. seen so much stuff over the years. But for a young, impressionable horror fan, this is a pretty terrifying episode. And Zelda Rubenstein is just. God, she she understands the assignment. Do the kids still say uh-huh. that? Do the kids still say that today? Is that still a thing? Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the kids say. Me either. Me either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm well beyond knowing what the kids say. <laughs> yeah, this is like everything. It's got makeup effects. It's got like almost Ooh. like a saw house in it, um, like traps and stuff. Um, kind of like nothing yeah. but trouble. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna get one in tonight. I know. Yeah. I know that movie. Um, but yeah, scary, but. Also, kind of funny in its own way. Amazing actors, and I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's directed by the guy who did, um, oh, what's that classic haunted house movie? Um, the Changeling. Oh, The Changeling. Yeah, yeah. Peter Medic. Yeah, Peter Medic. Yeah. Medic. Yeah. So you know you got some real talent going on there. Oh, and you have a great Robert Patrick cameo at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, as the radio jockey. Um, yeah. For me, it really, it, it's really up there. That was my. Four, uh, number four episode, no three. So that was my top three. Yeah, that's how much that episode means to me. Yeah, if you if you've never watched much tales, like just spotting all the actors that it's mm-hmm. like a who's who of eighties and nineties actors. Like every big name just about appears in something or directed mm-hmm. something. Yeah. All right, Mondo, it's your turn. Uh, you got television terror. Uh, television terror is one of my favorites of all time. Just. It's so off. It goes. It, I love the. I love. It was one of the first. You know, around the time Ghost Watch came out, mm-hmm. it kind of had that feeling of they, they they fake the the whole television production, but then it turns real. And you know, uh, some some movies have done it really well since, like Graven. I really like Graven Encounters. They did something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of again like a, a precursor, almost of that pseudo documentary, that found footage, and uh, uh, Robert Down was it Robert Downey or Morton Downey. Morton down. Morton down, yeah, yeah. duh. Um, it's just batshit off the wall uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in the perfect Tales in the Crypt way. And then I think that's a one that actually gets genuinely scary with some of the stuff going on in the house. Oh, yeah. And I think it's, I, I, I'm a sucker for a good haunted house film. So uh, to, to me, this episode uh, ranks way up there. I, I love this episode. It's got a great ending, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those gut punch kind of. 
Yeah, and definitely ahead of its time for what it was trying to do. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I no, it's, it's scary. It's also kind of funny. It's also kind of got a little bit. It's it's a little um, a little campy. What's the word? Campy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, with the with the producers like, oh no, just keep going. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the producer character. She's yeah, great. I know. <laughs> that, that's what that, I always thought that was really funny. And that's and that's the thing where like it's balancing a little bit of humor, a little bit of horror. Where to me, uh, the new arrival just goes straight into the horror. There's yeah. no camp bringing sure. it back. Where this one, I think, has, the, has a little bit more balanced. So it depends on what you're looking for. Hey, it's but everything for ratings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the stuff, the stuff in the house is terrifying. The stuff in the van is pretty funny. So yeah. it's a it's a fun juxtaposition. Um, all right. Now we're getting to our top five. Jody, you have and all through the house number five. Ah, uh, okay. So we we were going to end up talking about at least some of the original three. Uh, so for those who don't know. On the very first night that Tales premiered, there were three episodes. It was this, Dig That Caddy's Real Gone, and The Man Who Was Death. All fantastic episodes, like such a strong start. But for me, it has always been, and all through the house, you've got an evil Santa Claus. Okay, already I like this. Like, I, I like that. There's something about taking something pure and wholesome like Santa and making it scary that I really like. Uh, you know, um, Things like Silent Night, Deadly Night, stuff like that. So I already like Scary Santa. But this particular Scary Santa is so good. It's Larry Drake. Oh, Larry uh, Drake, the, the the man. Dr. Giggles himself. Uh, and he is so good in this. He is so creepy. I don't... Does he even have any lines in it? No. Or is it just him? Oh, well, body language, his face. Like, he's he, so creepy. He has the naughty or nice line at the very end. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the punch. Yeah. So he he is so good, and that is 90% of why I love this episode. But also it's just a good, you know, someone does something wrong, and uh, then they pay the consequences. And that's the best Tales episodes for me are the morality plays where the bad guy or the person who, you know, decides to step out and cross the line gets what's coming to him. And in this case, I think it's just really well done. Um, mostly that Larry Drake, though. It's mostly him. Yep. I'm just picturing his face right now in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately like, oh, so good. I love it. I mean, everything Larry Drake did, like he's just, just a fantastic actor and has mm-hmm. that, like I said, the face. He's got that face in all yeah. of his roles. He's got that his classic. Expressions. Yes. That classic. He's got that classic bad guy look to him of all times. Well, have, have either of y'all seen uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow? Yes. Not for and, a long time, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, that was it was a TV movie, but he was actually like the good guy in that one. Yeah. And there's one scene where something bad happens to him and all you can see is his face, like his eyes. He is so well acted. It's yeah, he, he's really great in everything he does. Yeah, he has like two modes where he's either playing completely demented or congenial, you know, yeah. gentle, kind of innocent. Like in Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, it's very much an innocence thing. Well, because he was also in the episode, which I actually really love, The Secret, where the boy... Mm-hmm. Um, Again, we're again, we're spoiling everything, but a uh, boy becomes turns out to be a werewolf, and he's like the butler protecting him from vampires. And so he's actually yeah. it's funny because he's in the first episode of the first season, one of the first episodes of the first season, and the last episode of the second season. Yeah. Um. And you know he won an Emmy uh, on LA Law for playing a mentally challenged man. Mm-hmm. Um. So the the width of width of his acting is really impressive. Um. Yeah. Again. I love this episode a lot. It, to me, Dig That Cat is a little is, is a little more better all the way through. 
And again, I feel bad that we don't have the man who was death on the on, the, mm-hmm. on any of our, all three of our top tens because William Sadler gives an amazing, amazing performance. He's also a great guy. Um, but it's, it's like you have to choose. <laughs> that, that's yeah. one of these lists. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I know you when I was making my f- list. Yeah, I know when I was making my list, I couldn't put more than one of those three. So I had to make mm-hmm. a choice. I, I, yeah, like exactly I wasn't going to put same. all three of them on. And so that was yeah, the one. You, you can't take up a third of your list with those three episodes. Right. So I, 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 yeah, I feel exactly the same. I think that just the man who was death was probably the weakest of the three. And that's not a knock on at all. It's just no, it's three, a great three amazing episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little tiny bit less amazing but yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you know the man who was death though set the tone for the, for the whole series uh yes um so it's a uh, you know it's an iconic episode yeah I, I think there's just something about the home invading santa claus mm-hmm. like that that whole concept is just creepy enough to me that it pushes it a little bit above the other yeah. two i mean hell yeah, uh, silent night deadly night yeah i mean yeah. silent night deadly night almost pushed you know put robert e, uh pushed robert e, uh, ebert over the edge or roger ebert god I'm just fucking up tonight uh, <laughs> over the edge. I remember he fuck he was so mad about that movie when it came out. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny as Roger Ebert over the years too learned to kind of love some love a lot of horror movies. But oh yeah, no, I I like a lot of his opinions, but also he has some of the worst horror opinions yes. when things first come out. Yeah, like yeah. some of the Friday Thirteenth stuff that he said. Like yeah. it's fantastic to read. Okay, number four, and I was surprised that this wasn't higher. Uh, is Yellow? Um, this was my number one episode. Um, and I, I love this episode with mm-hmm. all my heart. This is the World War One episode, which is kind of a spoof on Paths of Glory. You've got a father and son dynamic played by a real life father and son. Um, and you can, the acting is so good in this. You can just, you can tell, I don't think they're really acting <laughs> on some points. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, they had um, Kirk and, um, oh, what's his name? Not Michael. Uh, but the, the Douglas. Douglas, yeah, it's Michael Douglas. Okay, yeah. Michael Douglas in is it Kirk, Kirk, Kirk or the other one? I always Kirk. forget. Okay, Kirk. Yeah, da- that's the dad. Okay, I get them mixed up. Too many Douglases. Anyways, they are, they already had like a tough relationship, and to see them playing out an episode about father and son who already have a tough relationship, it just comes through so genuine. Um, and it's such a huge epic episode. You've got this great big gory World War II battle scene to start off. Um, and it's the only one that is like 40 minutes long, so it's by far the longest Tell Us in the Crypt episode because it's oh, a Robert was it World, uh, Zemeckis. World War II, World War One, World War One, World War One, World War One. Um, and it's again, it's Robert Zemeckis. You can't tell him no, you can't do it. It's got to be this long. And he's like, no, I want this long. You're gonna do it. So, um, and it's got so many great bits. You've got Lance Henriksen, Dan Aykroyd in there. Um, and again, the production is amazing for TV. Um, this great war movie, um, and then you have just one of the most heartbreaking endings of all time, yeah. where the father mm-hmm. checks the son. It's a gut punch. Uh, it's a gut <sighs> punch. This is one everyone should watch. And when, when yeah. I was putting my list together, there were some I had to think about, but this is one that I knew was in my top ten. I didn't have to have to think about this one at all. Same thing with *In All of the House*. I knew those are in my top ten no matter what. Okay, so I, I got to justify my opinions here. The yeah, I was going to ask you, Jody. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> only reason why Yellow did not make my list. Ooh. Yeah, no, it it was in my honorable mentions, but it didn't make the list. The only reason is if this had been a because this was supposed to be the the starting point for another series, right? Like this was mm-hmm. Two Fisted Tales, yeah. like pilot. If we were talking about something like that, hundred percent top of the list. It's a great episode. 
But for a Tales episode where I'm going for more of the spooky type stuff, mm. this is a little more of the serious, you know, a little more realistic. And so that's what shoved it out. Like, I want more monsters and chainsaws yeah. in my tales. He doesn't so like father and son tales. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I, the only reason is it's just a not not a prototypical tales episode. It's kind of its sure. own thing. Sure. I, I respect that. Um, I but get to that. me, this this episode transcends tales. That's sure. why yeah, I absolutely. play it so high. We're like, this is just good TV. This isn't just great tales episode. It, to me, it's this is amazing TV. There and there's and there's some tales episodes when they when they do kind of step outside of that formula that they do fall flat in their face like uh, like Roadhead. That one's no, not King of the Road. Well. Oh, King of the Road. <laughs> Roadhead. Yeah, Roadhead. <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh, <laughs> um, that's yeah. I'm, I'm clipping that for uh, YouTube Shorts. Is it, it was no, that was on HBO too though. But I still what was Roadhead Diaries episode, right? <laughs> I think that's the episode of the Red Shoes Diary. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't even know. I'm I'm done. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it wasn't meant to be tales, but it still fits to me. It fits right in, and again, it, it transcends the format. I, I think yeah, it, no, fits it definitely because the violence in the ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's violence. There's and, and it's got that you know twistiness that tales likes to have, where uh, you know the the last couple minutes twist everything around. I just no, it's I, more I, chainsaws. I get where you're coming from because it kind of has that <laughs> little more. I uh, just a little more horror. That's, yeah. that's really what I'm asking it, for. It, it just a little more horror. It almost has that kind of crimson peak thing where they market it as mm-hmm. a horror film, and mm-hmm. there's like really like not a ton of horror in there, but there's mm-hmm. enough horror to where they couldn't market it as a drama. <laughs> right. And yeah, uh, but it's also like Man Who Is Death. Does that what? Which category does that fall into? Yeah. Yeah. But we're splitting hairs, though. I get that. But, yeah, I, but, but if, I totally get your point, Jody. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it is a great episode of TV, and it was in my honorable mentions. It, the only reason it didn't make it was just because it's not as horror themed as mm-hmm. most of the other tales to things that I picked. Yeah. That's all. If it had been pretty much anywhere on your list, it probably would have been at least number two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, to me, to me, that's what's so interesting about that. All right, number three, Mondo is top billing. Oh yeah, top billing is one of my favorite episodes of all time. Yes. Tales in the Crypt. I think I put this as my. I think I put this as my second favorite. Actually, for both you and me, it was our second number two. Yeah, I just love the whole story. I love John Lovitz in it. I love the the setting, and I I fucking love Shakespeare. And I think the way they play on Shakespeare and play on the themes of it, and use like the the Hamlet. Like yeah, it's it's based on a production of Hamlet, but. There's all these themes within Hamlet and within other Shakespeare works that all tie right back into the story. It's kind of one of those you don't have to know your Shakespeare to enjoy it, but if you do, you get these little Easter eggs that kind of make you, ooh. It's kind of like it's, kind of, it's like good pro wrestling when you pay attention and you get these little Easter eggs <laughs> that call back to different things. And uh, and uh, and John Lovitz is, is fantastic in it too. It's one of my uh, I, and I can't remember who plays the uh, the so-called like director. Oh, it's um, John Aston, and he's just he's gr- Gomez from the original. Yes, tale, uh, yes. oh yeah, 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 so good, and he's so amazing and just being off the wall and wacky. And, and this is one of those episodes too, like how Jody said, Yellow doesn't fit the mold of a Tales episode. This is the opposite, whereas this is like your your, your yes. ultimate Tales episode, uh-huh. where it hits I think every little mark that I, I love about Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I, 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 know, I, I the, the twist on that one. And the final shot are so... I'm not going to spoil those at all, but it is so good. I, I, I love, love the twist because if you're paying attention, you see it coming the whole time. Yeah. And the only oh, yeah, person yeah. that doesn't see it coming 
is the person involved in the twist. And I think that makes it so much better when like we're because yeah. the guy's kind of a kind of a kind of a kind of a dick, but we yeah. all see what's coming to him and he doesn't see it. Well, yeah, and that's the that's the thing because you know we talk about all the twists and stuff, and sometimes they surprise you like they're genuinely you don't see them coming and sometimes you do and you're just waiting for it yeah. and it's not like a bad thing when you have those episodes you know like i don't have to be surprised sometimes the inevitability of where it's heading is enough to make it yeah. really fun you feel like you're in on the secret and yeah you're yeah, in on you're absolutely. in on the prank yeah well again i saw this as a kid and i had no clue where this was going yeah. so when it, it hit me like a ton of bricks like oh damn yeah um it's fun to watch now because now I can see all the little the hints that are there are kind of hiding in plain sight. But yeah, if you don't, if you're not of the mind to look for it, it really they, gets you. Yeah, and there's a fantastic effect in there that again, not going to spoil what it is, but I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah, and again, this is directed by Todd Holland, who again we have an interview with, um, who's a, who's a fantastic director, um, and he, he pulls together a really really good cast and a really good script on this one. Yeah. All right, we're up to number two, and this is number two on Jody's list and number one on Mondo's list. It is Cutting Cards. Yeah, my my favorite Tales episode of all time, and and the first, and the and the iconic one that even before I started rewatching the series years ago, it's the it's one of the first I ever saw that really just stuck in my brain and and put itself in my brain that just to play. It's such a it's a small cast, right, in a small setting. Mm-hmm. And the way they play off each other is just, in my opinion, just beautiful. It's great acting. It's fun acting with this very sinister storyline wrapped around it. And then you have the ending, which is just one of my favorite, probably my favorite ending of any Tales Crypt episode ever. Uh, just with the two guys in there, you know, I won't spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen the episode, but just, you know, where I'm, you know, you, you kind of know where it's going when you watch the episode. And then when it, when it happens, it's like, yes, that's exactly so what, what I expected. It's so over the top. I'm sorry, you're like, are they going to go there? Are they going to go there? They went yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, yeah, that's what I love about it is it, it takes the concept and just sets it off and takes it to the final, like extreme that it could go to. And it, yeah, it, it, from the very beginning, the setup prepares you for where it's headed mm. and great acting. They're chewing scenery all over the place in this one. Yeah. That's Walter Hill. Uh, Walter, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Ty and Lance Henriksen yeah. just mm-hmm. going out, just chewing. They're like, gnawing on the scenery just going to town on it and that's glorious uh, we talk sometimes about the beauty of tales from the crypt is getting guys like yeah like lance henderson and kevin uh Mm -hmm. was last name i can never pronounce tai Tai. yeah and and the same like have a good time here's a script go for it have fun yeah and walter and walter hill directing who we do not have an interview with i've tried but um yeah walter hill is just knocking out of the park it's also one of the shortest episodes like only 20 minutes Mm mm-hmm and but that and that's but that just makes it like so compact and so lean and it just works. There's no filler in it. It's just all yeah. everything's advancing the story and and just man unhinged Lance Henriksen is just one of my mm-hmm. favorite things in the world. He just plays so over the top and crazy, but it works and it makes sense and 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 you buy these actually you buy these characters as being these degenerate gamblers. I mean, obviously they're degenerate gamblers and they hate each other and you but you buy every second of it and mm-hmm. yeah, I love this episode. Um, okay, and then our number one, and Jody, this is your number one, is Death of Some Salesman. I love this episode, and I'm so glad this made it up near the top. Uh, at the top, actually. This is my number uh, three. Is awesome episode. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I, and I didn't ours. expect it because this is what season five that this one comes from. Uh, I, I thought the glory days. Season were five, yes. Yeah. yeah, I thought the glory days were behind us. We'd already kind of hit all the peaks, and then we got to this one, and I just loved it. I, I didn't see this one in the past. This is, a, you know, the first time I watched it was when we watched it for the show, and uh, you've got one actor, Tim Curry, playing three characters. And playing them all so well, he he is so funny and so gross. There, there's one character in there that is just a disgusting. There's a sex scene in there that will make you cringe. And uh, and then the gore, and it, it's a gory, like probably one of the goriest episodes of the entire series. I would say, yeah. Like there's a lot of bodies hidden in a lot of places. Uh, but it's really it's Tim Curry. It's Tim Curry that makes it. Like all the all the messiness is fun. Um, and who, who's who's playing the straight man in this one? Uh, Ed, Ed, Ed Bigley. Ed Bigley Jr. Ed Bigley Jr. Yeah, he's great in his role too. Uh, just going along with everything. Uh, but it's 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 Tim Curry. It, you know, you get thirty minutes of pure, unfiltered Tim Curry hamming it up in three different characters at the same time, a mother, a father, and a daughter. So he's, he's playing different genders, different ages. It's just Tim Curry. It's, it's Tim Curry at his most Tim Curryist. And I, I, I bet that Gil Adler just told Tim Curry, just do whatever you want. Like you got this and let him go. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's how it should be with a guy like that. Yes. Yeah, so this is directed by longtime producer to uh, Gil Adler. And, um, he had lunch with Tim Curry. Well, first he reached out to Tim Curry, and he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to do any more prosthetics. He was like over it after like Legend and everything else he's done. Yeah. And then he's like, "Well, let me just sit down for lunch with you. Well, and we don't have to talk about it. It's fine. We don't have to talk about it." And then they sit down, and Tim's like, "Okay, fine. Tell me about the episode." And he tells them, and he's like, "I don't know." And then he calls Gil back a couple of days later and says, "I want to do this because it scares me. It's challenging. I'm afraid to do it." I love it. And he's like, okay, bring it on. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah, Gil Adler was a longtime producer on this series from uh, seasons three through seven. And he also directed What's Cooking um, and mm-hmm. the Bordello Blood movie, which I'm sure all of our Chattanooga friends will be hearing plenty about soon. Um, and he just kind of puts together this weird, grotesque humor, darkly humorous yeah. episode. That just I think gr- gr- grotesque. Grotesque is a good word for it because all the way from Tim Curry's characters to all the effects, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's so over the top in every way. Like, I think that's why I put it as my number one. It's tales unhinged. It's like, there's nothing holding anybody back in any department uh, of this episode and they just got to have fun with it. And I, I have fun with it too. It's almost Toby Hooper-ish in that it's like a mm-hmm. grotesque, terrifying yeah. black comedy. Reminds me a lot of Chainsaw 2 in some ways. Yeah. Because yeah. you still yeah. have the, the horror of this salesman just tra- I mean, who's not a good person either, but he's trapped nope. in this house. And there's no escape from this diabolical family. And Insane I, people. Yes. Now I want Texas 2 with all characters played by Bill Mosley. <laughs> Yeah, I love Bill Mosley, but I, I, I couldn't. You know, it's funny. It's the, only, the only reason I'm against it is I couldn't see him being the hulking Leatherface. Well, it'd be a challenge. Um, but yeah, this again, this is one that time and time again, people come back to as one of the top episodes and for good reason. Um, it's just that Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in, again, I think in Ed Bigley's performance is actually very underrated because he has to play oh, against yeah. that. 
Um, and he has to, just keeping a straight face through all that. I don't know how the hell he does it. Mm-hmm. No, he does a great job in it and, and, and looking terrified and just you, you get that feeling that he's in this inescapable situation. Like he's great in it. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, the well, con I mean, man who ends up getting conned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, he's in that situation where if, if you've ever been somewhere that you don't want to be, but you can't leave and it just progressively gets worse and worse and worse and worse through this whole episode. And, uh, you know, he, he holds it together. Uh, but I, I don't think any other actor could have pulled off what Tim Curry does on this one. I think this episode would not be the same without him. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, that's right. my favorite. And once I watched that, I said, okay, well, I already know what my number one is. And it hasn't changed since we watched it, you know, two seasons ago. Yeah, I, yeah, that's another, I mean, another episode that I knew was top five for me. I just, I didn't know where mm-hmm. it was, but I knew it was top five. Yeah. No, it was top five for all three of us. And again, it was, I'll put it this way, it was, it scored four more points than this than number two. That's okay. how definitive that was. Yeah. Um. All right. So just to give some comparison, we pulled a couple different groups about what their favorite Tales from the Crypt episode was. Um, if you go to if Reddit is still a thing, uh, <laughs> um, in in anyone listening to this in the future, um, the Reddit's Tales from the Crypt group is a fun place to go, and they did kind of a uh, March Madness style competition, and they did they broke up brackets of each season, and then had each of the winners of the seasons kind of go after each other, uh, go up against each other through voting. So um, so the ones they chose for the best of each season is uh, All Through the House, Television Terror, Yellow, What's Cooking, Death of a Salesman, or the, the, the Death of Some Salesman, uh, Only Skin Deep, and Third Pig. So those are the top of each episode, uh, what, each what, season. What was the last one? Third Pig. Third it's pig. the last episode. The, the final episode. One. Oh. It's animated, yeah. I've, that That's one I remember as a kid, but I don't expect it to actually be good. <laughs> I just um, remember it. And then and they put all those up against each other for more voting and death of some salesman came out on top. So yeah. I think it's, again, I think we're seeing a trend here. Um, we asked our Patreons, uh, our patrons on Patreon, what their favorites were. Um, just to sample some of those, we got some votes for yellow votes for death of some salesman, television terror, split second ventriloquist dummy. Um, someone put on Judy, you're not yourself today. Judy oh, that Russ. was really good. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, Beauty Rest is one I like a lot. Yeah. Strung Along, uh, Abracadaver, and Forever Ambergris. Um, I put out a call on Twitter to see what their favorite was. We got a lot of votes for Yellow. We got some for the new arrival, which I was happy with. Uh, <laughs> we had some for two for the show, um, The Confession. Okay. Um, we got a bunch for All Through the House, What's Cooking, Television Terror, some top billing. Uh, we got one for Crying Out Loud, which, again, is a great episode. Oh, That's yeah. Um. Corman's Calamity, House of Horror, Adabra Cadaver. It, it, it's fun. I know a lot of people don't like Corman's Calamity. I love that episode. That's a fun I one. I do, yeah. too. It's a lot of fun. It, it feels like a comic I, come to life. Yeah, I appreciate that one. I, I love the setting of the EC Comics yes, uh, office. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. That's really fun. Well, and you got Harry Stone in it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Harry, wait, Harry Anderson? Harry Stone. Harry, What's his yeah, Harry Anderson. 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 Harry Stone is his character on Night Court. Yeah. I got it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I need to watch the Night Court. I, I love Dicor when I was a kid. Me too. Um, and then we put out a call to all of our friends over at the Chattanooga Film Festival Discord. Mm-hmm. And again, they put a lot of the same ones. Death of Some Salesman, Cutting Cards, Abracadaver, All Through the House. There are a couple of like, people who live in Brass Hearses, which the more I watch it, the more I like it. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 
a bit of an oddball episode. Um, some people put down Ezo Killia. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, one we haven't talked about, which is a big fan favorite, is uh, Carry on Death. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carry on Death. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good yeah. one, too. That's a very, yeah, very that was good definitely one. In, my, in my honorable mentions. Kyle McLaughlin and a Vulture. Pretty much the entire episode. In a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with some votes, some more votes for Dig That Cat, Lower Birth, for Ambigree, and Television Terror. So I love that there's a big, there's definitely ones that come up over and over again. And then there's some that are just fan favorites that get kind of thrown around the mixture, you know, for a series with 90 episodes. There's just so many gems in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes too, some of the favorites are going to be like when, when you, like when you saw this episode, right? Yes. Did you see it when you were right. young? Like you said, Jason, it had a very, very impressionable effect on you. Uh, or did you just do a 80 episode rewatch? And have it fresh in your memory. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, that wraps up our uh, episode ranking, but we've got some more fun for you. Uh, Mondo, why don't you give us your song of the week? Okay. So I had to think uh, about this. I wanted something good for our episode. And again, it's a song most people out there are probably going to hate. Deal with it. (laughs) I I, I pick metal songs. I was going to do something sentimental. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. So I, I was thinking about what Tales of the Crypt kind of means for me. And I think it means the same thing for you guys. It was a gateway. Not not my, like my gateway to horror was Nightmare on Elm Street. But still, though, this is as I was learning about horror and finding out why I loved horror or, or if I loved horror. It's kind of that those, those things I would sneak on HBO when I was young and, and watch and, and kind of fell in love with the show. I mean, the Crypt Keeper scared the shit. I mean, I was a kid and I, I loved it. So I was trying to think like, um, my, my gateway into the world of heavy metal was uh, Metallica's Enter Sandman video when I was eight years old. And I think one of the reasons why I loved the video and got attached to it, to it was it reminded me of that video's got snakes and fire. It's it's everything Beavis and Butthead would love. It's But, but it's also very uh, horror-themed, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, I, 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 I went backwards and discovered Black Sabbath, which made me really fall in love with metal. And, and, and then 1994... Uh, Slayer came out with Divine Intervention. I was 11 years old, and my cousin gave me that CD. I fell in love with that. I'm like, this is the scariest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> but then we had local college radio out here, uh, 91.5, where if you were somehow made... Well, my parents were never home, so I would routinely stay up like 3 or 4 in the morning as a kid, and I would li- I discovered just one day flipping through the radio. Kids, I know, like you guys might not know what that's like, but for us old men and old people, we used to flip through the radio to find stuff we liked. And I found college radio in 91 and a half. And from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they'd have shows dedicated to metal. But um, I remember the first time I listened to it, the first thing that the, the hostess said, hostess said, I forgot her name. She's great. She says, she goes, this isn't for those of you who are going to be stuck on Metallica and Sepultura for the rest of your life. And I remember that vividly because my first thought was, I love I love Metallica and Sepultura. Like, leave me alone as, as I was you know, 11 or 12 years old. And then I heard uh, Dark Throne, uh, Norwegian black metal band Dark Throne. They just come out with, and I think the first song I heard off them was Transylvanian Hunger off of uh, the album Transylvanian Hunger. And uh, I was immediately like, what the fuck is this? It scared the shit out of me. It was this raw, visceral form of music. And I fell in love with it right away. I, like, I knew this is like my shit. And then I sent Cash to Norway. In 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 an envelope to get to get uh, cassette tapes, which if I still had those cassette tapes, I could probably be retired. Uh, But (laughs) not even a check, but just straight cash. Just straight cash, dude. You couldn't send like because so to get the so in order to find out how to buy this, I had to find the label it was on, 
in the back of a Metal Maniacs magazine, which I bought from Smith's grocery store, and then found where to send money to. And I wasn't going to ask my mom to write me a check for some satanic metal. So I, I took my cash and pulled up a piece of paper and sent it to him. And then like six, seven months later, uh, this is while I was living in a haunted house, by the way, but like seven months later, I got two cassette tapes in the mail finally, uh, forwarded to our new house that we had gotten. But, uh, and it was uh, Dark Thrones Transylvanian Hunger. And the new album they just came out with, which is divisive at the time, called Panzerfaust. And, and Panzerfaust was kind of just this great... And, and when I was young, to me, it was just cool-ass metal. But as I got older, I realized how much of a departure of styles it was for them and how much I loved Panzerfaust because it's just this gritty, angry-sounding album. And one of my favorite songs on that album, I think, fits very well for this episode because it's called Quintessence. And it's just a great chugging guitar riff with these very tortured... Uh, very tortured vocals that sound like they're recorded on a Sony boombox and then piped through a bathroom like intercom speaker into a recording system. And I, I love that album for what it is and love the fact that it's just so raw and dirty. And um, in my opinion, it's like I, I think everybody should listen to this stuff. They will, you know, it's not for everybody, but I think you should give it a shot if you have any love of metal. Like my, my, my problem with, uh, and this is for anyone that doesn't regularly, regularly listen to us, uh, here's where I make all you guys enemies of mine. Um, my problem with most modern metal that comes out and most modern death metal is it's technically fantastic. There's some great musicians, and I'm not saying anything bad about why people love it today because that, that's cool. Like, that's their thing. But one of the reasons why I don't love it is because it sounds too polished and too overproduced, whereas back then a lot of it was, much like Tales from the Crypt, was very DIY. Jody mentions the Ugh. boom mic. I love when I hear the mix, the mess up in the drums on the track. I'm like, that's so I know a guy's actually playing drums and didn't go spend eight hours in Pro Tools to fix his drum fuck up. Uh, when I was young and we recorded the demo one time we had to get a high I'll get into a story about that in another episode about a, a person's arm out the window and a hi-hat symbol but it was uh, just the DIY those those early recordings is having people who didn't like know what they're doing they're inventing this stuff as it went along yeah. is just the beauty of it and that's why I'll, I don't I'll never be one of those old Luddits that's like so much better in my day no because the fact like I can pick my phone up now and listen to almost anything that comes out. There's still great music coming out today that I do absolutely love, but the, the really technical, overly polished stuff is not for me. And this is like the quintessential raw, dirty, angry DIY album that I think fits in perfectly with Tales from the Crypt. And the reason why it fits in too is Fenris, the drummer. He's just kind of a wacky guy. He's that guy that wasn't one of the first, like, of the. Uh, he, he's one of the original, the black metal scene when they're out burning churches and killing people. Uh, he's one of the guys that was a first, one, of the, one of the first people to really kind of get that this is kind of, as he got older, this is goofy. And mm -hmm. we, don't have to take, we don't have to take ourselves too seriously. I mean, on their last record, the newest record they did, the album cover is him ice skating. <laughs> and people are mad about it and then you realize these people that are mad about it, like 17 year old kids that some don't understand when when you become 50 years old you have a different outlook on life and uh, another funny story about Fender is before I before I end this is that he's also against his will elected to Europe to a Norwegian office Norwegian local <laughs> government I guess in Norway you can just kind of nominate anybody and, and the role he was in was basically if someone else couldn't be there to do their duties he had to step in so when he got nominated he took a picture with his cat and said please I do not want to do this like do not vote for me I really do not want to do this so of course they voted the man against his will he was pretty pissed off about it that's awesome he also has a great Patreon where he just kind of DJs old records and and uh, plays like new stuff he's into and it's usually a kind of a cool I discover a lot of cool music based off that 
Yeah, so uh, check it out. I can't remember the name of the podcast, but if you just type in like the Fenris podcast, F-E-N-R-I-Z, you'll find him. But if you're thinking about subscribing to him, subscribe to us first, though, please. And then you can uh, I'm looking to retire here, folks. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, Dark Throne, the song Quintessence, because we just gave you the quintessential Tell Us on the Crypt episodes of the album Penzerfaust or Faust. I don't know. However you pronounce it. I'm not Norwegian. I'm a fucking gringo. Thank you, Mondo. <laughs> you are welcome. Love it. Jason. You're welcome. Love it. All right. And then uh Jody, give us some dad advice. Okay. So uh we didn't plan this because I didn't know what song Mondo was gonna be picking. And Hold on a second, real fast. If you look at Jason's shirt, I swear to God, it says bedtime motherfucker. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a funny shirt. I hear that, that I hear that in Kassir's voice. <laughs> that that that's every dad on the planet after a certain point. Like, go to yes. bed. Uh, but we didn't plan any of this. But when you were talking about the DIY aspect of this stuff where, you know, they're figuring stuff out, they're they're making things. I was thinking earlier today, what kind of advice do I want to give, not just in general, but like to this audience that we have here at the Chattanooga Film Fest? And to me, some of the most important advice is if there is something you want to do or something you want to make, just go out there and do it. Like whether you know what you're doing or not, whether you have a plan, whether uh, you understand all the ins and outs of it. Because I was thinking about this, you know, we're, we're talking about our top 10 episodes after watching 80 something episodes. When we first started this podcast, I did not have a clue how to do a podcast. I didn't know anything about it. Like Jason and Mondo like sent me a message one day saying, Hey, do you want to do this? And I said, uh, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's make this happen. And what, like six weeks later, we were talking with John Kassir for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It was mind blowing. And I had, again, no idea what we were doing. We talked with uh, Bill Sadler very early on in this podcast. And again, I'm like, how are we doing this? I still we've had have Al Katz on. Jason will get, what's <laughs> that? We've had Al Katz on the podcast. Like, what the fuck? How yeah. is this happening? No, we're like part of the unofficial family with Al and Gil. Like, I don't, I don't understand how this even happened. And we went into this with no technical skills on these levels. Like, none of us were into production or podcast or anything like that. Like, none of our jobs relate to this in any way. Uh, we didn't have contacts. Jason just got IMDb Pro and started emailing <laughs> people. Like, and and it turned into this thing. And now we're we're talking to y'all at the Chattanooga Film Fest right now. And well, I, as a longtime participant in the Film Fest, you know, I've done this now for three years of being, you know, a a person who watches all these movies and participates in the conversation. And now we're part of it. Again, I don't even know how this happened. We just did it like we sat down we got mics and we did it and it became a thing yeah uh, i mean no that's that's great and, and i think that's why i love horror shorts um i'm into yes. my you know my my share of uh oh. film festivals unfortunately i've made a chattanooga but i love shorts because it's people going out there and trying and seeing what works and what doesn't yeah. and, that, and that's really how you get to any real point any uh any level is just doing it figure out what works what doesn't refining figure out what works what doesn't refining and putting yourself out there, you know, mm-hmm. I, one of my favorite things the, to see, like when you hear when they do like a, a when they do like a profile on a director, is when they'll show clips from like their original like homemade movies they're trying mm-hmm. to make because it's it's I'm sure they had someone 
telling them, oh man, you need to stick with this. But I'm sure they also had a lot of people telling them that what they did was garbage. But mm-hmm. they stuck. But they but it's a, it's a passion, and they stuck with it, and they tried. And you can't mm-hmm. get to to step B. You can't become Guillermo del Toro if you don't start at, you know, shot on VHS or you know you know what I mean. Like you got to start somewhere. And like Jody said, like somebody's got to go there and just do it and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking about you know the the folks who are, are watching us right now. You know, you've got people who have been watching all kinds of cool ass movies all weekend. They're going to watch more stuff, and it just. There are people right now going, I would love to make a movie. Like I'm watching these things and I would love to do that myself. Do it. Like even if even if you don't have the production value, even if you don't have the cash, you probably have a phone that has a camera on it. You probably have some friends that you could recruit. Get some people, get some good collaborators. I mean, we couldn't have done this without each other. Like if, if I had thought about talking, starting a podcast on my own at different points. And these two guys have made it possible. Like on my own, I couldn't have done. Same. So exactly. get some good collaborators yes. and get out there and just do it. Just just try. Even if you make something that nobody sees but you and some of your friends, you're going to learn some stuff. And then maybe you do it again. And this time you're a little bit better at it. And maybe you can get some investors to give you a little bit of cash to make it better and do it again and do it again. And, you know, maybe you'll be in the film fest sometime next year. Some of y'all are doing the screenwriters pitch uh, as part of CFF this year. Uh, Do it. If you've got an idea, write it, get it out there. Even if you don't end up becoming successful, sometimes just wanting to do something and and getting to do it. Yeah. It's pretty fucking awesome. And it's, and I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if someone's uh makes a terrible fan film or whatever they want to make. If they're proud of it and they're happy with it and it scratches that itch and it's all they want to do, like man, do you like be happy and 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 that comes with everything in life too. Not just that. Mm-hmm. You, like you want to make music, don't don't go like audition for American Idol. Go fucking get three people and start a shitty garage band and get better and have fun with it. Yeah. Have a great time. Worst case scenario, you hang out with your buddies and drink some beers and play some music. Like it's oh god, that sounds terrible, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff you can do and even if you and maybe you do it and you realize oh I don't want to do this but god it feels pretty fucking good to try yeah yeah I mean people ask me like how we got some of these huge interviews like Bob Gale rather of uh, Back to the Future kind of stuff and it's like it's all building up to that it's like you don't start with that you start with you know the the, the, the first person that says yes and you just kind of build on and on and on mm-hmm. um, and that's a lot of these I got through because I did interview with like two it's like a chain of people it's like Three interviews, three interview yeses to get up to this other person, um, because a lot of these guys are all friends and stuff. So once you kind of get yep. in, and like I, my my uh, my uh, theory in this has always been, no one's too big or too small to ask. Because yeah. like I I emailed Nick Garris the other day and said, is there any way you could get a message to uh, Stephen King's publicist because we're gonna be doing Creep Show in a little bit. And he's like, dude, it took me four years. <laughs> he doesn't do podcasts really. I, so I, I like that he just casually name dropped talking to McGarris. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, well, but first it took me a while to get to McGarris. And then, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah. That, that, that's my point. It's like, you know, and I don't care if someone's, I mean, I don't like hearing no, but that's not going to stop me from asking. You, you can't let a no stop you from trying. But no, the is okay. I'd rather be told no than get ignored. Well, yeah. and you oh, know, yeah. I'd much rather hear no than be ignored, and I'd much rather try take. You, it's like the 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 cliche, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You know, if you don't ask yeah. someone, you never know. Well, and you know, all these awesome guests that we've gotten to talk to, like literally, Jason, just ask them, like, do you want to yeah. do this? And a lot of them said yes, a lot more yeah, than well, I expected. 
the first person we asked was John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And like within a couple hours, I got a message from his agent saying like, how's Tuesday? And I'm like, first yeah. I'm like, is this being pranked? And also, how the hell do I do an interview? <laughs> it didn't occur to me how the how is more like, will, will someone do it? And then figure I can figure out. out how to do interviews. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I remember when you sent us that message, I was walking around like shopping for groceries at Walmart or something. I'm like, holy shit, we're going to talk to John Kassir? That's amazing. And the best part is John Kassir is such an amazing like performer that mm-hmm. he just perpetually goes and goes and goes. So I made like 40 questions, only got to like maybe 10, if that, because he just kept going and going. And that's it was perfect. We were cracking up the whole time. That was a great first interview because I think mm-hmm. we talked for a combined 30 seconds and John oh, yeah. took over. <laughs> And that's what you want. Sometimes, yeah. too, you can try stalking people. Like Stephen King's going to wake up in the middle of the night, and Jason is going to be sitting in a chair in his room. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're that's, you're a big tall guy. You should be standing. It's more intimidating. Like that, that, that's advanced asking. Yeah, <laughs> advanced asking. Advanced asking. <laughs> I mean, none uh, of I'll, us. I'll be a shadow person stalking. Do, yeah. do, do, do you want to do our podcast? Because I'd hate to have to use a chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the, the remake of Misery is with a podcaster. Jason just staying at the end of Stephen King's, King's Bay with a blowtorch. <laughs> like, you know where this is going, dude. <laughs> see, just see, just there, do the interview. I want to break out the axe. See, there, there's a free idea for somebody. I said, just do it. Maybe you didn't have a good idea. You've got a new idea. It's Misery with a podcaster trying to get someone to guest on there and then just go from there. Yeah, real right. quick. We, we take no legal responsibility if someone breaks in Stephen King's house and cuts yeah, his feet off with a blowtorch. <laughs> I love Stephen King. I don't want that to happen. And Stephen no, King, s- he's snarky, a treasure. Yeah, and snarky Twitter Stephen King is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jordan, that's, that's really good advice. That's really in the the spirit of the film festivals. People sharing what they did and inspiring others. And you know, who knows who the next whoever you know is there. So yeah, no, there's there's been some great like ultra low budget movies at this film fest in the past that I really enjoyed just if nothing else, because somebody went out there and made it like they made it happen. What was that? Uh, duel on a river. That was a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. It was like $3,000 and they made a whole movie and it was good. It was fun. It was, I love that movie. That was fun. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you know, just, just do it. Just get out there and give it a shot. We didn't know anything about podcasting when we started. We didn't have any industry connections, and we've gotten to do all kinds of cool shit just because we did it. it we tried it. We the, asked people. And, and the piece to it, too, like if you're passionate about it and it's something you love, it will show through in what you do. Uh, whether yeah. it's a great movie or not. I mean, there's movies I've, I've seen, like the low-budget movies. I'm like, ah, that wasn't really good. But, man, like I, w- I can't wait to see what they do next because yeah. there, there's something 100%. there. There's something there. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, like well, I, one of my favorite horror movies is Jason 10. And I love it because it just seems like you're in on the joke and everyone's having a good time and having fun. I'm like, that's, it's passionate. I, I, I love that. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, whether we had five people listening to us or, like, 10,000, I'd probably still be here talking to you guys about Tales of the Crypt. I wouldn't care. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just yeah. fun. Totally. Well, and also, you know, As long uh, as you don't make friend, us do Ritual ever again. <laughs> if you may watch Ritual again, I'll come no. to your house and kick you in the shin. <laughs> well, you know, also, we want to give a shout out to Andrew Bowser, who is premiering his new film at Chattanooga Film Festival, mm-hmm. uh, Onyx and the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Um, he was on our podcast and a uh, great guy. And we had a good time. So, you know, we, we love our little uh, family that we have with our guests and other fans. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I want to give one more. One more quick shout out to, to mm-hmm. two people or two groups of people that inspired us, that got us going. 
One is Caitlin uh, Grant, who when Plug It Up started, uh, I think that got a lot of us thinking maybe we can do this and got us going with the podcast. Also want to give a shout out to the Bloody Good Horror Podcast because that's how we all met each other. And um, we listened to those guys a lot and it helped us kind of get that that bug for wanting to do it It, ourselves. So I just want a special thanks to both of them because uh, they were huge. Caitlin Grant's the one... Caitlin Grant's the one that made me realize that three of us could do what she that what she does on her own. <laughs> <laughs> if we combine awesome three people, we might we might equal one. Game. Not as well, but we try. Not not we're not equal. We might come you know in the same realm. Is this also gave me appreciation for how difficult podcasting is? I think we've come a long mm-hmm. way since our early episodes, yeah. and we're just like, what do we what do we do? Um, because it's not as easy as you think it is. I always thought I'd be good at doing wrestling commentaries. I love pro wrestling. I watch all wrestling. I tried doing it. I'm like, oh, no, I'm terrible at this. I'm not good at this at all. This is so difficult. <laughs> Every, everyone, anyone who's ever been good at something was once bad at something. That's a uh, adventure Excellent. adventure timeline. Is it? Jake the Dog says, the first step of being really good at something is really sucking at something. Yeah. Like, so, well, I, I, that's not the exact and, quote, but I love that quote. It's something like that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. Jake's a good dad, so that's good dad advice. He is a good dad to a bunch of little unicorn dog things. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. I want to thank the organizers of the Chattanooga Film Festival for inviting us to be on here. Uh, we hope everyone's having a good time. We appreciate everyone for listening. You can find the rest of our episodes on iTunes or Spotify or other podcast services. You can also find videos of these podcasts on YouTube. Look for Dads from the Crypt. With that, we thank you for listening and watching to Dads from the Crypt. (laughs) Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or I will follow you to the grave. (laughs) No, seriously, you really should watch, but be careful what you ask for. You may get it. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha!